Coming up on today's edition of Locked on Eagles, myself, Louis DiBiase, and Gino Camilleri, we're going to get into the Eagles' initial offseason chopping list. What needs do the Eagles need to fill through free agency, the draft, and maybe trades this offseason? That's coming up on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. You are Locked on Eagles. Your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined by my co-host Gino Camilleri. Guys, today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. It's a Thursday edition of the show, episode number four or five this week. Download it into your phone wherever you get the podcast. We're also available on YouTube five days a week, and we're on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DBSLOE. Gino, how are you? Good, sir. I'm good, man. I'm I'm ready to see the, the next round of the playoffs and see that level that the Eagles have to get to, and I think mm-hmm. there's going to be some exciting games this weekend. I think around yeah. the NFL and talking to Chris Carter, the host of the Locked on Steelers uh, podcast, right before we recorded our show yesterday, I said the entire hopes of Pennsylvania's NFL dreams were wiped out in the blink of an eye within an eight-hour period last yeah, week. Pretty so quick. now we have to look around the NFL and see who's going to make their waves here. And then we have some shopping that's going to begin here within that's the right. next couple of months, Lou, for this Eagles team to get back on track right after this playoff elimination. They want to be playing in division weekend. They want to be playing into the championship weekend once mm-hmm. again. They can't be a team that just sits around that seven seed, like we said. So how do you do that? An influx of talent to yep. help support your coaches, help support the guys that are there currently, and guys that are going to fit in and get the best out of them in the positions of need on this team. Absolutely, and that's what we're going to get into on today's edition of Locked On Eagles. So on Tuesday, Gino and I kind of laid out the foundations the Eagles put in place in 2021, the things, the long-term questions they did answer in a positive way, right? You know, having your left tackle the future and Jordan Maialata and Landon Dickerson, Lane Johnson, your offensive line still being a strength. You know, you have your true wide receiver one and Devontae Smith. We got into all of the positives, the foundation pieces they've already figured out in 2021. On today's show, we're going to get into the initial initial shopping list for the Eagles this offseason. You know, what are the key needs that Howie Roseman in this front office really do need to address to get to what Gino talked about, you know, going from a seven seed to, you know, back as a team, how we said it on Wednesday as a team that's, you know, fighting for a bye week and playing home games again at Lincoln financial field, because, you know, the fact of the matter is even though this team was a playoff team this year, they only beat one team over 500. And that was the saints with Trevor Simeon. And obviously, you know, Gino, the biggest need is a franchise quarterback, whether that's Jalen Hurts becoming that or it's somebody else. I think that's the biggest reason right now you can't hang with top teams. But outside of that is what's going to be our focus on today's show, because the Eagles do have a lot of work outside of that, especially on the defensive side of the football. Before we get into personnel, though, Gino, I feel like one thing on the shopping list that maybe is going to be unexpected, maybe it will be expected for fans. 
But when it comes to Jonathan Gannon and the defensive coordinator position, I don't know if it's going to be because of Nick Sirianni moving on from Gannon as the DC or maybe Gannon. I mean, look, he's already gotten three interviews to be a head coach. Somehow teams maybe view him as a guy that could be a hot commodity in 2023 and they're trying to get ahead of it. I'm not so sure, but you know, I feel like there is a scenario this year where the Eagles might have to go shopping for a new coordinator on defense. And there are some names out there, you know, Vic Fangio. I don't know if Brian Flores is going to get a head coaching job. There could be a coaching spot. The Eagles do need to fill this year. I, I would not put my money on it, but I think it's a possibility. I look at Jonathan Gannon as being almost that people said Brandon Staley type of hire, right? Mm-hmm. And you try to get ahead of the eight ball like a year. Or Sirianni early. was kind of like that too. I was reading a piece from the athletic that mm-hmm. said the Eagles felt like Sirianni was going to be a hot commodity within a year or two. Yeah, you talk about the draft where you're always trying to get a jump two years out almost on where you would have a position to need. It's almost like that with coaches at this point, yeah. Lou, because if you wait, look at a guy like Brian Dable. If a team could have fit what he wanted last year, maybe they would have had a better chance to get Dable in their building rather than this year where he's interviewing with everybody and their mother right. because he is one of the hot commodities. So as a Leslie Frazier of sorts, you look at Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, down in Dallas as well. And then Jonathan Gannon is one of those names that you hear continually brought up. I think it's Minnesota, Denver, and yep. who was the third team? If I'm not mistaken, it might have been the Raiders. I can't remember who it was, but still, three head coaching interviews. That Hats off to Jonathan Gannon for doing a little with what he had, or a lot with what he had, I would say. I mean, down the stretch, Lou, their defense started to win them games where they had to really... I mean, look at the quarterbacks, though. I don't want to give them too much credit I, here. I mean, Lou, they have to play who they play. We're, we're not going to do... No, I know, but history. every time they played a good offense, he sucked. I get it. I get it. And, and t- I'm not saying that... 2022 couldn't be different under him, but it's that one year out type of advantage, which teams are trying to get. Like if he does get more personnel that fits him and the Eagles do make that jump where they do have a good strong core, which we outlined the other day, Mm. could he be even better next season? I mean, Brian Dable, he had a great season in 2020, but I mean, he followed it up in 2021 with an even better year. Same with a guy like Kellen Moore, same with a guy like Dan Quinn who goes into Dallas and, He's going to turn around and get a head coaching gig in the blink of an eye now. And that's what it has become in this market. And once they get a couple interviews in, they kind of seem to know who they want. And Gannon's name keeps going around. So teams must have interest in, hey, there could be a bidding war for this guy. He can the door and Vic Fangio might be the best option for his team. No, you're right. And for a lot of the reasons that you're talking about, teams have that mindset when it comes to mm-hmm. the coaching process. Just for me, though, I, I don't understand why. And again, I know the personnel's right. not there yet. There's guys so like the enemy out there. Like, right. Yeah, like, I, would understand, I would understand why a Brian Dable is getting a ton of interviews or, you know, mm-hmm. last year, even Joe Brady was getting, an, you know, some interviews and it just like, it would make sense. And I understand the logic behind wanting to get ahead of it with a young coach. And again, it's it's hard to fully evaluate Jonathan Gannon without strong personnel on all three levels. The defense needs a lot of work. It's just, I don't know, I don't feel like he really elevated the defense. And I just think that, 
you know, every time there was a good offense and there was a tough challenge, he kind of reverted back to the same things and it kept causing the same issues. And could it be different next year? Maybe. But I do think it's interesting that Nick Sirianni kind of had some issues with Gannon himself. He kind of called him out after that Raiders game. And um, so Sirianni, I don't think he would fire him. But during that press conference, he didn't really commit to anything. He kind of kept everything open. So it's, you know, Gino, it's not something I would bank on and say even it's 50 50. I'm a, if I'm a betting man, I think Jonathan Gannon is the Eagles defensive coordinator again next year. But I think there's multiple scenarios where you could see the Eagles trying to add somebody else or having to add somebody else. And there are some good names out there, right? I mean, former head coaches that, again, in the NFL, the way it is now, you know, not many defensive minded guys are going to be getting a lot of opportunities. Right. I mean, Staley is a guy who did that and he That's has to rare. go out and hire Lombardi, who's a great offensive mind to run that system. You have Nick Sirianni here. And if we're talking about a coordinator, I think Shane Steichen should be getting talked to. I mean, he's a guy that realistically this team could part with, right, Lou? Because you have Nick Sirianni, who's the head just making those calls to Steichen, who then calls him in to Hurts. But he's learning under Sirianni. I'm right there with you. If I was going to pick somebody from that unit, it's either quarterback coach Brian Johnson, who I think is going to get a lot of looks in a couple years down the road. I think it's Shane Steichen. Jonathan Gannon, I mean, he's still got a lot to prove, like in my opinion. He still has to to come back and prove a lot to this organization next year when they do move on from guys like Rodney McLeod, if so, Anthony Harris, if so, guys like Derek Barnett, when he gets his – quote-unquote, more of his guys in here, how can he beat? Maybe after 2022, if we were looking for a head coach, then yeah. But, Lou, I'm glad that we found Nick Sirianni and we got him before teams found out yeah, and it's just harder how to retain, this guy could be. And it's harder to retain offensive minds. It's why you hire them to be your right. head coach because – you know, those Frank guys Reich, is Frank Reich with Doug Peterson. Yeah, exactly. They're going to get plucked. Years. Yeah. If yep. you have success with a good quarterback and you're an offensive coach, you're going to get plucked from another team. Even if you really didn't have much to do with the success. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at LaFleur and Green Bay. I mean, it was anybody that sniffed Sean McVay was getting head coaching gigs. And yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. So yeah, I, I really don't understand it. And uh, I, th- I think it's too, though, even when Gannon's defenses are good, I just have, and you know this too from our past with Jim Schwartz, there's just a difference, a, a differing of philosophies in the way I like a mm-hmm. defense to run. I like to be aggressive. I like to go for it. I don't like to give up really anything and be, you know, very multiple and, you know, just very creative. And sometimes the Eagles defenses in the past, and again, a lot of it has to do with personnel, which we'll get into next, but the last two coordinators really haven't had that kind of style. So that's another reason for at least my issues with it. But I think there are some scenarios where uh, the Eagles could need a new defensive coordinator. One thing, Gino, they're going to need is a lot new personnel on this defense on all three levels. And we're going to get into that coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. Guys, today's show is sponsored by OnlineGambling.com. We're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, more to help make your bets as informed as ever. This week, the experts at OnlineGambling.com challenged me and Gino to pick our divisional round upset and underdog that, in our opinion, 
could pull off a huge victory. Gino, for me, I feel like the Bills are the obvious underdog here, but it's only plus one against the Chiefs. Well, it's, I mean, Josh Allen is playing better than anybody right now, but I, I would say if I was going to pick like a legitimate underdog this week, I would say probably the Rams over the Buccaneers would probably I'm be my guess just based on how Rams strong they are. Rams and three points, man. Yeah. Rams and three points. That I don't love the Niners lot. over the – I don't like the, the Niners going to Green Bay. I mean, who's the underdog with Tennessee and Cincinnati? Cincinnati technically, but so maybe it should be I just feel like I'm cheating, you know, with the Bills and Bengals because they're mm-hmm. so loaded. So I, I feel like the Rams against Brady would probably be the best one. So uh, those are th- – would you agree, Rams, Buccaneers? Absolutely. Give yeah, me three definitely. points. If you're thinking about backing an underdog in the divisional round, make sure you head over to OnlineGambling.com. Before you do, they give you the edge by providing the best and most trusted information to help you make the best decision possible before placing a bet. And that includes their OG tips section, uh, which uh, sees their own underdog picks as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. We thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's show and visit LockedOnGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest news, tips, and info. All right, guys, this is Locked On Eagles. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Thursday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri, and on today's podcast, we're taking an initial look at the biggest needs the Eagles have this offseason. You know, we mentioned potentially a defensive coordinator. Gino, let's dive into personnel, though, because Jonathan Gannon, while I think he was not, I would say probably the biggest issue some of the time with this defense, Another issue is just the lack of talent. And I feel like that is why it's kind of harder to fully evaluate a defensive coordinator. And it's why, too, maybe this team has played certain styles, not even just with Gannon, but with Jim Schwartz throughout the years. Because, Gina, when you look at it, we mentioned it on yesterday's show, this team has invested one second or first round pick on defense since 2017 and it was 2017 with Derek Barnett and that wasn't even a good draft pick so on all three levels this defense desperately needs help I look at the last regime under Jim Schwartz and I kind of sit back and I say is it the reason Howie Roseman couldn't quote-unquote couldn't draft players at that linebacker position or safety position because they didn't really fit what old school Jim Schwartz really wanted, who's going to play cover three till the cows come home, not really deploy any versatile looks. Unlike a guy like Gannon, who now is behind the eight ball, but I thought he deployed those guys better than Jim Schwartz would have done last year. I mean, TJ Edwards comes out of the woodwork and he's just the best linebacker on your team because he's deployed in a way that he went out there and could get good minutes because Gannon stuck to what he said he was going to do. He was going to put these guys in a position to succeed. I'm excited to see if he does get another draft class and he is still the coordinator because I looked at guys like Milton Williams. I looked at guys like Teron Jackson, right, Lou? And the minutes that they played in that system, they seemed to flash and they seemed to fit in real well as a cohesive part. But you're right, man. One or two guys – on the defensive line where you already have bodies isn't going to change things. You need guys in the back end, linebacker, two safeties, maybe even two linebackers and three safeties. It's not just going to change in this one draft. It's not going to change in one free agency, but they need to do it now. I mean, they're way behind the eight ball in that department, and this is a reactionary type draft pick rather than proactive, which we were talking about in that first segment with coaches. You want to get proactive before teams really hone in on them? 
I mean, that's what you want to do in terms of the draft. You look at teams that got ahead of the eight ball in terms of linebackers, in terms of safeties. Green Bay right now, I mean, they made all these picks on defensive backs the last Los four Angeles. or five years. Yes, exactly. You look Tampa at the Rams. Bay, the the Rams even saw. Yep. The Rams give up the picks Jalen Ramsey for guys that make plays on the back end. It's a passing league. The d- defensive line is very nice, right? It's good to yep. stop runs. It's good to get after the quarterback. But you got to have game breakers on the back end. We got yep. Slay. You got Maddox. But, I mean, man, when you're playing Dell's Cowboys who have three receivers who could come at you all day long, or Tampa Bay when they're fully healthy, or the Rams, you need guys. Because you can't have a guy like Rodney McLeod matching up one-on-one with Mike no. Evans moving forward. Or Steven that just Nelson. doesn't work. And, and, Gino, that's the thing is I know this team's philosophy. I know how much they believe in the trenches, and I know they're always going to stick to that, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the priority, and they're going to take those positions, even when they don't need them, in the top rounds. But And, and it's worked. And Howie Roseman you know, acknowledged that on Wednesday when he was kind of asked about potentially taking an off-ball linebacker in the first round because his team has done that once in franchise history. It's not even just Howie. This is just the organizational belief. But to me, you know, it's kind of like on offense, just with the defense as a whole. I agree with the Eagles prioritizing offense, investing all these picks in the offense over the years, but you can't you can't ignore the defense and you can't ignore linebackers, safety, mm-hmm. and corner because that results in too many band-aid signings, too much reliance on free agency and these big signings. And while the Darius Slay trade worked, most of the other big contracts you shelled out and most of the other, you know, trades you made for those positions because you had to overcompensate just did not work out. So this team, and again, I know they need edge help and they're going to address that, but you finally do have to go with a linebacker in one of these first two rounds. Safety two, you know, you can't take, you can't fix, like you said, everything in one draft and in one offseason. And I'm not saying to just focus on the draft of these positions. You can do it through contracts and through trades, but no matter how you do it, you need more athletes. You need more speed on the second and third mm-hmm. level, especially in a Jonathan Gannon defense that asks more of those guys that gives up more space, especially on that second level. You got to have, I mean, you got to have guys that can fly from sideline to sideline and they have to do it this year. And they have the flexibility with the draft picks to say, we can afford to take a linebacker in a draft higher than normally because we have four picks in day one and day two, five actually. With yeah, the third you could round take as well. A, you could take two great things out of what you just said there. And one, I think it ties back to that philosophy, right, Lou? Who was first here with Howie Roseman when he was making those picks? Who was the yeah. coach? It was Andy, Andy Reid, and, right? Yeah, Joe Banner up front. Yeah. His philosophy build the trenches, mm-hmm. give you a playmaker on the Which, outside. By the way, is the right the philosophy. I'm Absolutely. not working from the but, inside out, is right. But, but Andy has adapted. Now that he has that Chiefs defense, which they go and get a guy like Willie Gay, who unfortunately was involved in some off-field incidents. They signed Tyron Matthew. They're willing to go out against that philosophy, which they were so heavily ingrained, to keep up with the game of football. And that's frankly what this comes down to. The Eagles need to do that, whether it's, I mean, back in 2015 when they signed Rodney McLeod, right, Lou? That's exactly the type yeah. of signing that would be. It doesn't be, have to be uh, a first-round pick. No, Marcus Williams. That, but- Sign Marcus Williams, man. I mean, you're looking at a guy who in New Orleans who has a great secondary, CJGJ. He got Marshawn Lattimore. He got all these safeties that play all over, the Williams twins and PJ and Marcus. Marcus is a free agent. It's players like that that are young, that are quick, 
that can play multiple different schemes yeah. that I would welcome in here in the blink of an eye. And you're right. They're going to keep investing in the trenches. But the second point I take away from what you said, this is the first time they've had four picks in the first two rounds right. in quite some time, Lou. If they're going to do it, it's this draft. Because, yeah, you could throw your fastball and draft a, a trench player on either side of the ball. But you mm -hmm. also could try out a couple pitches. You could try out your curveball. Let's try and take a linebacker. Let's take a safety. Yeah, maybe it's not the best one in the draft. Maybe you don't hit on them, but you took a chance. And they have to start doing that because the undrafted free agents at linebacker, the veteran slash Band-Aid signings like Anthony Harris aren't going to yeah. really work at safety. Eric anymore. Wilson at linebacker. It, you it's got to be a with, full overhaul yeah. of youth and athleticism at those positions. A hundred percent. I totally agree. And, you know, it can come through the other ways as well, um, through free agency, through trades. You know, Nigel Bradham was a great signing. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it could still pan out with the guys you have on the roster, Davey and Taylor. Um, but at the same time, you just – you can stick with your philosophy, but that doesn't mean ignoring other positions. And this year – or just the unit in general. Like, I agree with the mindset of focusing on offense – and I agree with the focus of the trenches over linebacker and safety and corner, but you can't do that every single year and hope that that strategy is going to continue. Cause like you said, there's too many athletes on offense. Now in the NFL, you need guys that can move and the Eagles right now really don't have it. And even at corner, I mean, the Darius Slay trade was a huge move that really did pan out. Mm -hmm. And the Avante Maddox signing this year gives you a long-term slot corner but, Gino, they definitely need another outside corner long-term as well uh, that you should probably address early in the draft. And even at corner, like they haven't taken a corner in the first round in almost decades. What was it, Lido Shepard? Yeah, going all the way back then. And th those are the yeah. four positions I look at. You look at linebacker, you look at safety, and you look at the two trench, pos trench positions on offense mm -hmm. and defensive line, four picks. I think it really lines up perfect, both with their philosophy and both with needs. Like, you could kind of weigh both things. Like, you don't have to really draft for need because you could still draft a, a good edge rusher in a very good edge rusher class, which fits what you need as well as your philosophy. And by the way, that one you can guarantee they're going to do. They were 31st in sacks oh, this year, yeah. and they are put, taking an edge put rusher. Put all the money in the, in the world that they will – Absolutely oh, yeah. take an edge rusher at some yeah. point in this draft in the first two days. Well, they have to, Gino. I mean, Howie Roseman talked on Wednesday. He was asked about Brandon Graham coming off that torn Achilles, and he said, yeah, there's definitely still a role for him next year, and I agree. Mm -hmm. I think your starters next year will likely be Graham and Josh Sweat, as it should be, but this team likes to be four deep on the edge, and right now they have one guy you know you can rely on next year because mm -hmm. who knows? Graham's in his 30s coming off an Achilles tear, and he's never been like an athlete type of guy. So, you know, already kind of hampered with that. It'll be interesting to see how he does bounce back mm -hmm. this year. They're going to need edge rusher. And like you said, it's a much better class than last year was kind of brutal in that department. Um, and you know, this, that's what this team prioritizes. So if you're going to make like a position bet for the Eagles in the draft this year, they're, they're going to address edge again, 31st and sacks just was not good enough. And outside of Josh sweat, I mean, you know, Jackson had a good rookie year, but can you rely on him yet? Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure. So that that's something definitely on the shopping list as well. And you know, again, with linebacker safety corner, who knows how they'll address those spots. Edge rusher, you know, they're going to invest a significant resource in it. Without a doubt. I mean, I've said it for probably months now, especially when you have four guys that can legitimately go in the top 10. Yeah. And 
past that, it's still a good class. They're going to take one. And you got guys on the, the line that will probably fall because of the defensive talent on the yeah. offensive side of the ball, like a Tyler Linderbaum, who if he's there at 16, write the check that they're going to draft him too. The Landon Dickerson pick was a perfect, perfect embodiment of what they're going to do. Yeah, there might be other guys at positions of need that they have to go for, but if they have a guy who's clearing away higher on their board, like a guy like Landon Dickerson, at those positions that we talk about, they're going to do that. But four picks in the top 60 this year, Lou, I think we could spread that love a little around to, to multiple positions yeah. here and some we haven't seen ever. I mean, get a linebacker. That'd be the first time we've ever seen it in our lifetime and a That's safety right. too. And they've only taken a linebacker in the second round, Gino, in the last 20 years once, and it was Michael Kendricks in 2012. If you, yep. had, to, if you had to pick one of these positions, though, they'll focus on – you know, addressing more in free agency or through a trade, it would probably be safety or linebacker right still. And I would probably, based on the draft class this year, I would probably say safety as much as I want to see you get your safety in the first two rounds. Yeah, I would say so as well. Linebackers very good in, in the top of the draft for sure. Yeah, and I think safety, you're going to be able to, to find guys like Marcus Williams that are going to be out there. And I haven't really scoured the whole yeah. book of who's there at safety, but, I mean, linebacker, I want to address that in the draft because you want to get a linebacker that's young and has fresh legs because once they can't run, it kind of depletes. It's kind of like running back of defense, right? Yeah. It's a position that wears down a lot quicker. Yeah, you look at the guys who we were just talking about. I mean, when they signed Zach Brown a couple years ago, right? Guy couldn't run at all. He's off the team within a few weeks. Nigel Bradham, same thing. Once he couldn't run anymore, it's irrelevant to be a three-down linebacker in a game where three, two out of those three downs are probably going to be passing. So you have to be eligible and able to cover the run, cover the pass, and you want to get athletes that are fresh out of college, like in a Kobe Dean, a Devin Lloyd, these guys that are got fresh legs and they're ready to come into this league and mm -hmm. play sideline to sideline. Not saying if there isn't a guy out there, like if you get a, a veteran like Quan Alexander's of the world that are that are out there, right? Might want to take a shot on a guy like that. But right now, I'm looking at this draft and saying linebacker, I think they could get a better deal with at six, at 15, 16, and 19 I agree. than they could at safety. Because I agree. Kyle Hamilton ain't going to be there, folks. No, unfortunately not, for sure. What about the offensive side of the football? That's what we'll get into coming up next. What's on the shopping list for this offseason? This is Locked on Eagles. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And people think unusual circumstances like having three first-round pick means a complicated tax mess behind it. And if you're in the NFL, your taxes are a lot more difficult than somebody like you and I. But the good thing is that anybody with a computer can go and use TurboTax Live. And you could go on TurboTax Live, and they will walk you step-by-step step on how to get a refund. I went to college for this. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a degree when you could go and do this online for free. How much of a fool do I look like? TurboTax Live, luckily, they can match you with an effort. They'll walk you through every unique situation that you have. Don't think what you have is too difficult for them. They will walk you through the whole filing process. You go, you start up. If you have multiple jobs, multiple different forms of income, they will walk you through it via their TurboTax Live expert, and they will help you through the entire form filing process as well visit turbotax.com to learn more you do your thing they've got your taxes into it turbotax live 
Thanks for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. It's a Thursday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. A big announcement as well. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show on our network is going on the road to L.A. for Super Week. Follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL show today to get the most comprehensive coverage of the big game. It's free and available on all platforms. As for today's show, Gino and I are getting into the first look at what the Eagles need to address this offseason, and it's defense, defense, and more defense. You need edge help. You could use another linebacker, a couple safeties, another cornerback at least. They need a lot of work (laughs) because this team prioritized over the last four or five drafts really about building the offense, and I understand Mm -hmm. it, but this year they have the flexibility to really focus on the other side of the ball but Gino again you know the Eagles love offense and they're going to invest resources and continuing to improve that position obviously the the giant question still has to do with quarterback we all know that and we're going to talk it to death as we normally do but I think the other big need because outside of that it's like outside of offensive line depth maybe if you trade Andre Dillard you might need another tackle um but like another running back maybe with Boston Scott as a free agent Mm -hmm. I don't know if Jordan Howard would come back but it's pretty set right now. The only thing that you definitely need to address, you need another wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And I know on Wednesday they talked about, you know, they told Jalen Rager what he needs to do better next year, but there are no signs of Rager. And there wasn't any for Nelson Aguilar either. So I'm not saying it can't happen in year three, but right now there are no signs of life with Jalen Rager's career. And to me, the Eagles cannot bank on that. Just like in at the end of 2016, although Nelson Aguilar bounced back in 2017, Gino, the Eagles didn't, you know, they didn't like make that part of the plan. They signed Alshon Jeffrey. They mm. traded for Torrey Smith. They still had Jordan Matthews on the roster. Until Nelson Aguilar really started to shine in camp in the slot, they felt comfortable to trade Matthews for Ronald Darby. This year, it's going to be the same thing. You've got Devontae Smith. Quez Watkins is a perfect wide receiver three. To me, you could address it in the draft, but I feel like this team really is going to want to add a veteran, and I don't know if it's going to be a big fish like Allen Robinson. Maybe it's a smaller name, but they definitely need to add some receiver with proven playmaking ability to be that wide receiver too. And it's a good free agent pool for it, and I could see a trade too. I mean, Kellen Ridley is the big name, and the Eagles have picks this year, so I feel like they're going to make a move. And I think if they're going to get a, a receiver, it's not going to be the same body type in the same play style as mm. Devontae and Quest yeah. Watkins. So no, like Jameson Williams, you think, in the first round? No, I think that would yeah. be uh, right insane to have three of those guys. I mean, I would love to see all three of them play together. Don't uh, get the, me wrong. The 2020 Eagles would have did it. Howie Roseman was – he couldn't see anything but speed. He loved, this, he loved speed, man. He loved that 40 And time. they run. That was part of his notes at the end of 2019. But if I'm looking, a perfect free agent addition to this wide receiver core right now would be a 2017 Alshon Jeffrey, like a big-bodied mm-hmm. guy who could go out there and catch it for like 11 yards a clip, be your possession-style receiver. I'm looking at like Mike Williams, for example, right, oh, Lou, yeah. or Allen Robinson if you did want to dish out the big money. But there are going to be guys around tons of teams that are going to be free agents in this upcoming class, and that's where I'm looking, right, Lou? I'm looking at that big – possession style guy, a Mike Williams style player to be a perfect compliment, which if you don't get him in free agency, I'm looking at the draft like Traylon Burks, if you wanted to spend in the first round again, or Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada, these guys that can get downfield and are big and can make those 50-50 plays and can still run at the same time. 
but I don't think they're going to go down and get another 170-pound receiver, somebody that is like a quicker twitch type of guy. Maybe they add one later in the draft, but I, I think if you're going to add one in yeah. free agency and via the draft, it's going to be one of these high-profile guys that has that playmaking ability like you talk about because you don't want to just sign a veteran to sign a veteran. You want to sign a veteran to serve a purpose, and you want yeah. that purpose to be somebody who is a genuine number two option out side of Devontae Smith because not only does that make Devontae Smith better, not only does that make Dev Dallas Goddard better, but it also makes Quez Watkins better. It almost it will make the receivers that are behind the number one and the number two better because they'll fall into their roles to where they really need to be. And it's not going to be Jalen Rager. We know that. So you have to address it. And you can't sit there with what you have right now because if one of those guys goes down, Back to square one. And you're going to have to address it, people. I know I make the joke about spend the whole draft on defense. They're simply not going to do that. They're going to have to make additions. Oh, on I can guarantee you one well. of those first and four picks receiver. is going to be on offense. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. And uh, I agree with you. I want a big bodied wide receiver. I would love Allen Robinson. Seems so much like the Alshon move in 2017. Michael Gallup, if he's fully healthy. But, but that's my point, Gino, is like, it doesn't have to be some six, five receiver to me production. We don't want to get too, you know, in a role, like how we talked about with mm -hmm. 2020, he was obsessed with getting speed and he forced the pick of Jalen Rager and he traded for Marquise Goodwin and he brought back to Sean Jackson and he drafted Quez Watkins and John Hightower. It was all about this one role he was trying to fill and he got tunnel vision. Whereas I, I too want that player for this offense that you do want that kind of role. Um, at the same time, this team just desperately needs production at this position outside of Devante and Quez Watkins. Look, I don't think he's far off from being a wide receiver too, where you could scoff at the notion. I mean, this kid had 43 receptions for 647 yards and he did a lot with a little in an offense that Jalen hurts. A lot of the time missed him downfield. He, better, more chances, probably should have had closer to 800 yards. And when they got run heavy in the second half of the year, that also held him back. So is he far off from being a wide receiver too? No, but is he's the perfect wide receiver three for this offense, mm -hmm. right? Where if you could get an Allen Robinson, or I don't know what that injury, could you get Gallup on a you know, a more cost effective deal in Quez is that number three that showed this year he can play inside and out. He can go up and make contested catches that's a great trio. They just, they got to get somebody in between Quez and Devante and then you're good. I mean, you don't have to add a ton of players. You just, you need that one difference maker. And while Traylon Burks would be interesting and I could definitely see them drafting somebody. Um, I do. Th I would prefer a proven player here mm -hmm. because they, they have the youth. I would like one veteran. Yeah. You don't want to really wait around at that position either because it's like, are you going to sit and wait on the development of Quez or are you going to watch right. this kid develop? And that's why I kind of go towards being a free agent signing where you know, okay, this guy is signed to play said role. We had the idea that Jalen Rager would come in here and be a perfect number two compliment to Sean Jackson. A lot easier, man. Receiver, and we know all that worked yeah. out in not our favor. So here we are again saying, how do we fill that number two role? Let's go out there and do something that worked. I thought the Elshon Jeffrey signing, when they signed him, he was a number one technically, but that type of player, that type of big body guy, and that can catch. Like I, I keep going to Mike Williams because I see his playmaking ability on these 50 50 I balls, pray which, the Chargers uh, don't tag him, man. He oh, would be perfect. A perfect compliment. And I don't want to sit around at a position where it does take two to three years, unless you get Devontae Smith to really develop into who that player needs to be. 
much like the defense, they need bodies, but I think the offense needs them in a different type of capacity. Somebody that can really come in and fill a role right away. Where on defense, it's like, okay, we know we have roles to fill, but we really need to see who and what is the exact role we have to fill because we're going to find out in the draft and via free agency what they really want out of linebackers, safety, so on and so forth with the coordinator. We really know what they want in terms of offense when it comes to that wide receiver two position. Let Devontae do his thing, but when you're asked to make a play, you got to come and make a play and then yeah. let Quez do his thing. I mean, 600 yards out of your third receiver, I would take that any day. A second of the year player from the sixth round. And again, Gino, he should have had a lot more. I mean, there mm -hmm. were so many games here where you're like, Quez Watkins was wide open there. First, you, you first play of the, the season, he should have had yeah. a touchdown. Luke. There were there were so many instances, and and again, it wasn't just like you know Jalen Hurts missing him when they went run heavy. The screen game went away, and Watkins mm -hmm. that was a huge role for him earlier in the year, and you know his production suffered from there. Sirianni even admitted it in that press conference. He said, you know, Quez probably is a player that suffered more because of the philosophy change, and so mm -hmm. I'm so excited to see Quez in year three, and I don't think you're totally screwed with what you have right now. But it would just be more ideal to have him be a wide receiver three. I think that's the perfect situation, and uh, it'd be really exciting to add a veteran. And I think that's really the only, you know, again, that's the only like key thing on offense. Unless you can get a mm -hmm. Russell Wilson, that's right. Wouldn't you agree? That's like the only big need on offense. Yeah, I think you might want to take a look at, especially in this running back class, where I think it's a yeah. very good like committee style class, where if you could grab. One of those bigger backs later on, like a Tyler Elgier out of like a backup uh, tight end too. Maybe you want to. Yeah. It's a it's a good tight end class. Absolutely, and this is one where you can kind of wait around and get your Kenny Gainwell of sorts at that position where he could come in and play in multiple different schemes, multiple different sets, like Kenny did. You don't need to get just a one go like a, a Jordan Howard type of guy who you know what he's going to do. Like keep getting these versatile players that can plug and play at multiple positions because at the end of the day, that's what our guy, Nick Sirianni, is looking to do. He wants to draft a wide receiver, but he's not just going to play wide receiver. He wants to draft a running back, but he's not just going to play running back. He wants to be able to have more chess pieces. Both sides yeah. of the ball will keep reverting back to that analogy. They want more queens. They don't want pawns, guys that could just do one thing. They want queens that can go anywhere on the board that they can match up against anybody because at the end of the day, the most powerful piece on a chessboard is the queen. Even though the king ends it, the queen you could really do anything with, and they need more people like that, need more people like Devontae, need more yep. people like Kenny Gainwell, even your quarterback who makes things go 11 on 11. You need more athletes and guys like that. 100%. I can't wait to get into the specifics, you know, talking about the options they have uh, through free agency, through trades, through the draft. We've got all offseason to do it. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Eagles. Gino and I are going to be diving into all these topics for the entirety of the offseason, five days a week, Monday through Friday. We're available on YouTube as well, video form, and on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DBLCLOE, and at GC24 underscore football. Thanks for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.